Welcome to the Wellness and Weight Loss for Busy Teachers podcast, bringing you actionable tips to help you live your best life. I'm your host, Tracy Baird. If you care about nutrition and fitness and want to make progress in your unique wellness journey, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hello, hello, my friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you've been thriving through the holiday season, through Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, that you've been able to get through these with poise, gratitude, fun, relationship-building activities, and just all around having a fantastic holiday season. I do tend to struggle through the holidays, so really just sort of making it through without having a meltdown could be a good uh, benchmark for me. As long as I can make it over that bar, I'm doing well. So we are sort of rounding the corner in the year and coming to a new year. And so today, sort of in concluding the Thriving Through the Holidays season of the podcast, I wanted to talk to you about making New Year's resolutions. In doing my research for this episode, I've discovered that over 90% of Americans make New Year's resolutions, but more than half abandon them within the month of January. So (laughs) I'm hoping that this podcast will help you think through If you're one of those 90% of people who make New Year's resolutions, think through how you can create better resolutions and how they can serve you better. I do tend to make resolutions, but I will admit I'm pretty bad in the follow through. So I'm going to strive to change that this year. And maybe we can sort of walk down this road together and try to make our resolutions stick and actually last. I did read that 17% of people keep their resolutions for two years or more. So maybe, assuming we make good resolutions that we actually want to stick with, maybe we can do some things to make it more likely that we'd be among those 17% of people who can keep their resolutions. So the top four resolution categories in the U.S. are, drumroll please, (laughs) only kidding, Um, the top four are losing weight, eating healthier, exercising regularly, and saving money. So I think these are all worthy goals to aspire to. So why don't we use these as a framework for this podcast in thinking through how to make better New Year's resolutions and have them be more stickier as habits. So thinking through how to make New Year's resolutions, I thought back to SMART goals. SMART is an acronym proposed by George Duran in 1981 in a business marketing goal setting type article. And it's been revisited by many people over the years, and sometimes the words are slightly changed, but I'm going to stick with this acronym, SMART. S for specific, M for measurable, A for attainable, R for relevant, and I would also add a little twist to that. If I was making up this acronym, I might, instead of saying relevant, say research-based, and T, time-bound. And then I want to add a little extra to this. Some other people have suggested this. I didn't come up with it myself. But instead of SMART goals, to extend the acronym to SMARTER goals, and the ER stands for evaluated and revised. And I think this is a really wise addition to the SMART goal paradigm. So let's think this through. So I do think that research would suggest that about three to five goals is the right amount of goals to create. So in this Exercise, we're looking at these four categories, losing weight, eating healthier, exercising regularly, and saving money. So maybe let's create one goal in each of those categories. So for losing weight, maybe we could say lose one pound per week. 
But when I think that through, I really would prefer to focus on rather than more of an outcome goal, I think it would be more effective, at least for my personality, to have a process goal. So thinking through what in the research has been shown for people who want to lose weight to be effective in helping people along the path to losing weight, one thing is food tracking or food journaling. So perhaps I want to journal, take, keep a record, keep a food diary of, in some way every day for the first quarter of the year, for example. That, let's, let's run this through the SMART paradigm and see if it fits. So if I were to aspire to food tracking for the first quarter of the year each day, that is specific and it is measurable especially if I use a physical journal or an app and I'm consistent with my methodology, I should be able to reflect back and see if it's measurable. Now, attainable, I do believe for me it is attainable. I have been known to use MyFitnessPal and I did have at one point a 220-day streak. So I think for myself, tracking my food every day and in its fullness is attainable. However, If you wanted to make a goal like this and you're not used to using an app like MyFitnessPal or not used to writing down your foods, I might suggest you start with more of a baby step. For example, tracking your first meal of the day could be a good goal. Instead of tracking all the foods you eat over the whole day for 90 days, if you said, I'll track my first meal for 90 days, that could be a good habit to start small and to build on in the future. Is it research-based and relevant? I already said that I was picking this because... Keeping a food journal or a food diary has been shown to assist in weight loss. And is it time-bound? I did mention over the first quarter of the year. So yes, I think it does fit all those categories. So for, um, for me, maybe a great goal would be food tracking in my fitness pal, all of the foods that I eat for the first 90 days of the year. So there we have it for my losing weight goal. For my eating healthier goal, I've been reading a lot about eating healthier. And one intriguing idea that I learned in this past year that I didn't actually know before had to do with eating a variety of plants. I found that for gut health to be optimum, and gut health is so important. I'm learning more and more about that. They sometimes call it the second brain in these articles I've been reading or podcasts I've been listening to. And so keeping my gut healthy is a, is a value to me. One thing I did read was in order to keep my gut healthy, it's important to eat a lot of plants. Hey, it's Tracy. I'm cutting in and interrupting myself because I really want to connect with you. You can find me on social media at Tracy Baird Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. Now, back to the show. In fact, eating more than 30 plants per week has been shown to improve, have sort of optimized gut health. So even more is better. So maybe 40 would be great. But in my effort to eat more plants, that would be That would be how I'm implementing my eating healthier goal. So just say I made my goal, eat more plants. Well, it is specific in the SMART acronym, but maybe it is not specific enough and maybe measurable is sort of iffy. So let's think that through a little bit more. What if I were to commit to try one new plant every time I go to the grocery store? So that could actually keep it quite interesting. So at every grocery store visit, I would look through the produce perhaps uh, even in the grains aisle, and think, what have I not tried before? And this would be good for expanding my palate of healthier plant foods. So let's run it through the SMART paradigm. 
Okay, if I want to try one new plant each week when I go to the grocery store, purchase one new type of plant food. It is specific. It is measurable. Now, I might suggest keeping the receipts or keeping a little food journal to to measure it. It is attainable. It is research-based and relevant. And is it time-bound? I guess this would be, you know, if I'm making a New Year's resolution, I could either make it for January or for, you know, the whole year. So I would just need to decide on that. And I do recommend you writing down these goals and not just sort of generally keeping them in your mind. Okay. Exercising regularly. Now, just in general, that is not very measurable, but the regularity part is probably the key. So how do I want to define regularly? And also, what have I learned in the research, how to implement that with its best efficiency and effectiveness? So I'm actually a coach with the Faster Way to Fat Loss. And in our program, we do have a video each day. So we have three different types of workouts, but the plan I use is the home workout. There is a daily exercise video. So it's about 30 minutes on average. So basically, I think my goal would be to do that every day. But I did read recently How to Change by Katie Milkman. And in it, she discussed if you wanted to exercise, just say five or more times a week, actually aspiring to do it every day but giving yourself two free passes is a little bit of a stickier habit than just aspiring to, for example, five times a week or seven times a week, but possibly considering it a failure if you don't do it. So I think my goal would be to do the faster way to fat loss home workout videos five or more times a week. But how I will implement that is to say I want to do it every day and have up to two free passes per week. So that's how I've sort of sifted and thought through this exercising regularly target. So I think that is specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Okay, saving money. I do think this does still address our wellness area of our podcast. So saving money, having enough money in an emergency fund could create a situation where stress is minimized and therefore it contributes to your overall sense of wellness. So for saving money, An example of a money-saving goal I might create would be to create an emergency fund. Now, having an emergency fund, which you could access in order to pay, you know, three to nine months of your bills would be a great goal to to strive for. If you are just starting out, I might recommend a $1,000 emergency fund as a first step. And I will give a nod to Dave Ramsey. He has these seven baby steps to financial peace. And this idea I probably got from Dave Ramsey originally. So my husband and I have been working hard for years on having a well-funded emergency fund. But I do recommend if you don't have one, having a $1,000 emergency fund would be a great place to start. So if your car needs a new tire, if your washing machine breaks, you are not scrambling and having to put things on a credit card or other things that are very stressful. So In order to achieve that, my goal for my New Year's resolution might be to save $1,000 over the first quarter of the year. Again, based on Katie Milkman's research and what I read and how to change, having a daily savings goal is actually better than a monthly savings goal in terms of having people actually contribute and make the deposits. So I would suggest the goal being to save $11 a day for the first 90 days of the year to create essentially approximately a $1,000 emergency fund. And running it through this smart paradigm that is specific, 
measurable, attainable. In terms of attaining it and measuring it, I also might suggest you auto debit your main account with that $11 a day. And you could usually in your bank, you can set it for a certain time frame. So you could set it to go on indefinitely. But if you wanted to just stop when you reached $1,000 or you could even stop it sooner if you had an actual emergency, uh, (laughs) you could set that to run for 90 or just say 91 days to get to your $1,000 emergency fund. And then let's hop down to the ER part of the smarter goals. I think the ER does make it actually go from smart to smarter. And that is evaluated and revised. So I have struggled with actually keeping my goals and my New Year's resolutions. And it's more a matter of actual forgetfulness than it is a matter of, for example, lack of willpower or lack of motivation. So I would recommend setting a pattern of evaluating and revising your goals. So instead of just setting these for the whole year, I would recommend a monthly evaluation. And then, you know, it's okay to change them. So in terms of evaluating them, think through, how are you tracking these things? Are you going to keep a journal? Are you going to keep notes in your phone? Are you going to use some sort of specialized app to track this goal? Whatever it is at the month mark, maybe either the last day of the month or the first of each month, look back over your month and say, did I meet my goals? I've actually even been known to use stickers. So I have star, heart, and smiley face stickers. And I track different things on my calendar to do with my working out, my eating, and different things that are important to me. So think through that as you're evaluating it. Maybe set a pop-up on your calendar to look back over the month and to see how you did. And set a time frame, maybe setting reminders on your phone to pop up. And one great idea would be to have an accountability partner, perhaps have a meeting, either maybe in person, on Zoom, have a coffee, get together, you know, just texting each other is maybe enough to have accountability with a friend to look back on how did your goals go? How did your goals go this month? And then revised. It's actually okay to change these. Some goals are meant to be abandoned. Some goals are not serving you. Some you might have already accomplished. Just say you fully funded that six months or so, three to nine months of um, of savings that you could pay your bills if you were to be laid off or you know become disabled, et cetera, not be able to work. Then in that case, you might not need to save more, so you might want to focus on something else. We all have limited energy and can only focus on a limited amount of things at the same time. So it is a great idea to revise your goals think which ones do I want to continue and which ones do I want to give up or change and possibly what do we want to add for maybe the next month or the next quarter. Okay, so my friends, this has been a fun episode. I think I'm inspiring myself to actually get out paper and pen, write down what's important to me, what my goals are, at least for January, and to actually keep, make sure they fit the SMART goal or even the smarter goal paradigm, and then set a date with a friend to reflect back on my month and have some accountability going forward so I can evaluate and revise my goals and maybe head into different goals either in February or maybe at the end of the quarter when March ends heading into April. So I look forward to checking in with you guys. The next podcast season, we will be talking about habits for keeping your goals. Okay, so establishing good habits for keeping the goals you are making. 
And I'm also looking forward to a new little feature on my podcast of once a month getting together with my accountability partner, who is also my podcast coach, Cami Summers, and doing more of a conversational podcast once a month, sort of me practicing a new podcast style since I'm still new to podcasting, but also just have some fun with Cami, provide some accountability, and maybe give you guys some good information because two heads are better than one. So we are going to try to do this once a month, starting basically in the end of January, start of February. So in conclusion, I am here because I care about you. I want you to live your best life and you are worth it. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wellness and Weight Loss for Busy Teachers podcast. For more from me, head over to my website and grab my latest free resource. You can find it at tracybairdwellness.com slash free. That's F-R-E-E. If you want more podcasts, vote with your five-star review wherever you listen. Your feedback really does make a difference. Now, make it a great day.